Yes, yes, yes. So, so for me personally, uh, I, I am most excited that powerful new technology, cloud migration, fully integrated system, HCX. And today we're delighted to announce. Welcome to the HCX Majors Podcast, episode 8 for Monday, June 28th, 2021, live from Indiana. I'm Britton Johnson. And from the great white north, although it's completely hot and red now, Kofi Hulu. And from Menlo Park, California, this is Francis Wong. Welcome, everybody. It's been a while. I've been busy, and I, and I, nearly, I nearly died from COVID, but I survived, so... Is it is it too early to ask for one of those? You know, I uh, I, I recovered from COVID and all I got was this lousy T-shirt T-shirts. <laughs> you should get a bumper is sticker. That, never is mind that. Is that a T-shirt? Is it is it too <laughs> early? Make a bumper sticker is for you. Is that insensitive? I don't know. Get a bumper sticker, laptop sticker. I kicked COVID. <laughs> I don't know, like whatever, dude. I just know the last time that you I saw you, like I. <laughs> I was just like, whoa, man, <laughs> you're not doing so good. But you know, uh, what was really funny was I had to go out and mow my lawn like after that recording. Oh, my. And I went outside and, and I started doing it and I was having trouble like with my mower. It just wasn't working. And I could like I was like barely moving. And Ahmad, our last guest, Ahmad is just like, dude, don't go mow the lawn. <laughs> and i get out there and my neighbor sees me and he's got one of these zero turn radius mowers and he's just like dude are you all right and i'm like like yeah i'm not feeling so good and he's like all right just go inside and so he goes and for like you know whips out his zero turn on my lawn and just knocks the whole thing out in like five minutes and i'm like i should just give you a 20 dollar bill and have you take care of my lawn once a week. exactly right but and yeah, yeah. after that, that that proceeded to to run me down for like the next 48 hours i would i just disappeared from the earth and and you know then yeah. I crawled my way back to reality but but i am here yeah. and i'm a survivor so that's what matters Yes, sir. So, well, I Kofi, I haven't talked to you in a long time. I hear, I hear the the Canadians are having a heat wave right now. Are you, are you doing okay? Just so we're clear, it never gets to like ninety four, where I live. It just, it's, it's, it's always typically like I'm just going like in Fahrenheit, ninety four. I think is a hot. Right now, it's like yeah. eighty four. For us, that's like ridiculous. Um, I don't like it. Well, I mean, not that I don't like it. I like heat. Don't get me wrong. It's just. Uh, I live close to the mountains, so oh, okay. we don't. We none of us have air conditioning. Well, I mean, ah. I don't. I don't need air so, conditioning. So, every, so every you just day, open a window at night, yeah. man. It's nice. It's nice, but you just open even up a the window are and, and every morning it's yes, my Canada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So okay. yeah, it's it's just hot right now. Like I'm sweating in my office. I got all my machines turned off. There's nothing going on. All right. Did nothing. you did you buy summer tires for your car? Oh, dude, hundred percent. Like that's the one luxury. Right, <laughs> and that is our guest, everybody. It's not, it's not Mo. It's Gabe Rosas. I, I can mess with Mo, you know? Well, know. Welcome to the show, Mo. I mean, Gabe. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So, Francis, before we did dive deeper on Gabe, how's how's things? Have you have first of all, have you recovered from the boot camp? <laughs> oh, <laughs> do we really have to talk about this? Oh man, yes. I guess for the uninitiated, we did a um, we did a final HCX boot camp for our North America partners, 
And I think it went pretty well. We had a lot of fun. Uh, and I think our, our partners now are pretty well armed with uh, the HCX knowledge here. So thanks to the, the team as a whole, because everybody chipped in. And for, uh, I, I think for the folks that are listening that are part of VMware, this team has worked so hard uh, to bring these individual boot camps to the audience. We've crossed three different platforms, <laughs> built multiple labs um, to, to make this happen. So yes, I'm survived. Um, and I, I'm sorry, we're not scheduling another one <laughs> that I know of right now. <laughs> That's all right. You know, it was, it's, I just, you know, I, I had too many other things to be able to dive in too much. I at least was able to, I'm glad I at least, at least able to help out with one speaking spot. But man, like just watching you guys do all the all the hard work I, I, from from afar, I'm just like I, I feel so bad for Francis because like I sh- I should be helping more, but I can't. <laughs> but. Yeah, well, it, it was a good test of our new VMware learning platform. Yeah, that was which, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I think the team got to see how the back end happens. I didn't know what I was doing to tell you the truth, and the poor SREs had to walk me through a lot of it. And so <laughs> I know how to run a class on that platform, but I think everyone here also got uh, some pretty hands-on experience with both VCD and VLP, uh, which was foreign language to me prior to this. I was just a consumer. And, and now we know what it takes to run these classes. So it's uh, for, for those that are listening in, VMware uses <clears throat> the VMware Learning Platform and VMware Cloud Director to run our internal classes. And from a resource standpoint, that actually is mapped to VMware data centers around the world. So we're able to hold these classes around the world using our own platform and our own delivery mechanism. So we've been successful in doing that for the last uh, about a year, year and a half. It's nice. It's nice because it it kind of presents the front end what what looks like the hands-on labs. And on the back side, it's vCloud Director that we use to kind of orchestrate and you know puppet master the labs and stuff and set it up. But in general, I mean, it's a it's a very um, from a end user standpoint of standing up a lab and turning it on, it's very user friendly. From a building it standpoint and making it work, not so much. But, <laughs> but that's only because we didn't know what we were doing. Right. <laughs> right. Honestly, if we knew what we were doing, I'm sure it would it would have been not a big deal now we did find you know as we we're working through it a few ui bugs and things like that but not a lot of showstoppers so i i think that's a testament to the product and the way they have actually built it to work together it works it works well um there's obviously prerequisites like you got to have the data centers we were spread across two data centers uh geographically just to hold the labs. So this can be done. We do do this. It does work. It's clean interface. We have multiple instructors in there helping uh, the students with their labs and the students built the HCX labs from scratch. So they got to do the compute profiles the network profiles. They got to do all the migration strategies. So these are all really good, great experiences, I think, hands-on for and, the attendees. And I think for, for general folks, uh, there is some HCX stuff out there in the regular hands-on labs. So if you want to kind of go kick the tires on some of the stuff, you can certainly always go to, you know, publicly accessible hands-on labs and work through some of these things. 
So yeah, and to be upfront, so this this class was a custom class. Uh, it's a, we called it the HCX Advanced Boot Camp, and this was held by a number of the HCX majors. So for those that are looking for more education around HCX, there is indeed an HCX uh, course that's being offered by VMware Education. Yes. Yep. So that's going to take you from soups to nuts on HCX. Now, it's not the advanced one, because the advanced one, we do the update, latest updates on HCX. So we talked about 4.1 as it was being released while the class was being held over the last two weeks. Um, so there are just some things there that, that can't be done in the VMware Education course, which has a set format. So please do check that out. We encourage you to uh, take that take that course and learn uh, about HCX. Cool. So, all right, I want to kind of jump into things here before we completely run out of time. So we have, uh, as of, was it last week? I see June 17th. Uh, the HDX 4.1 release came came out, and so I, so I invited Gabe. I'm like, hey, let's you know try to hit the highlights here. Let's talk about what's coming with the 4.1 changes and figure out kind of the pieces that are important for for the you know HDX adopted customers out there who are you know going to be moving up to 4.1 um, or the new new folks who are going to be deploying this, and this is what they're getting out you know from from the word go. So first of all, Gabe, um, for for the uninitiated, can you give us a quick introduction to yourself, who you are, what you do, what your role is, and how people can find information for you? Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. Uh, yeah, so yeah, my name is uh, Gabe Rosas. I have uh, been at VMware like maybe um, so uh, end of 2012. I don't know that was that uh, going towards nine years, I guess. Uh, and then I've been working with, uh, you know, this HCX since it was called HCX and before, before it was called that. So I've been kind of working with this technology, just, just personally, uh, you know, about me is, is like, I have, you know, I have six kids and I think I was telling here, the, uh, other folks that, that I've been changing diapers for a little bit over 11 years, uh, nonstop. <laughs> so I don't know if, if that's meaningful to anyone listening, um, and I, that's, I run that's some... it's, it's respect. That's what that is. It's just <laughs> massive so, respect for you. I have grit. I have grit outside of ACX, I guess, through, through diapers yeah. and maybe some running. So it's uh, there, yeah. there's a street cred right there. Yeah. Eleven years of changing diapers. No, the, the 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 real cred for me, Gabe, comes yeah, where you take your your little ones on like a twelve mile run, and you think that that's a short run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, <laughs> we do. Uh, we do. So actually, uh, a couple of weekends ago. Did a, a wounded warrior a half marathon, and I mean, I usually I have a, a stroller that I attach to my waist, and I load one of them up, and we run it. You know? And oh my gosh! No, but you know what? You know, it's it, on one hand, it sounds like, hey, this is crazy, but everybody's like, hey, look at that, that, yeah, go that, and that, <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, that sure. kind of keeps you going. You know, so it's like like the people are giving you a wind nonstop to keep moving, mm -hmm. and it's. It's great. I like it. It's a good experience. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm right there. I, I, if, if I was, you know, I tried to be a runner once and it didn't work out very well for me. So. <laughs> no, Sorry, I'd be the opposite. I, that you, you can't pay me enough to do that. What? <laughs> no. So the, a year of COVID actually like dialed it back entirely because there's no races going on, you know, yeah. everything uh, shut down. So, so I did the whole weightlifting thing and I've been trying to like transition to, to a good middle ground. Cause I still like lifting weights, but I, I love to run. And then, my that, that endurance took a huge hit, you know, during oh, the time. Right, right, so yeah. I'm working back towards it. <clears throat> that's 
that's me man all right so so in general hdx is your product focus area you don't really do anything else oh that's, it, that's what i mean well yes it is yeah it is so it but it's it's just kind of you know your speciality because you're like whenever whenever anything comes up in vmware you know and it's something to do with hdx it's either ask gabe or ask mo or ask annika i mean it's you know t talk to one of the pm team it, and figure out you know who it it, it yeah, so, so like well, one one of my charters, I, I guess, is, is in my role is, um, like I identify some of the things that you know, like the obviously on one hand the product and 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 where it's where it's headed and and how the features are, are advancing to help customers, but also like the the ancillary stuff that goes with it, right? So so like for instance, if if uh, if customers have you know uh, uh, questions re regarding resiliency or the security of the product, and so so it's like to help. Um, not, not just answer those questions, you know, if you know the answers, but it's yeah. to, to develop the things that can allow the wider uh, teams to, you know, to, to have that information. So it's a little bit difficult at times because depending on, on who's asking you, like the, the top of mind, most important thing is, is different for, you know, depending on who's asking it. And, right, right. and it's, it's super, I mean, if, if somebody's asking you about the secure, like security aspects of the product, they're usually passionate about that and they, or they, or they need to complete their, their deliverable. So it's, it's, it's it's a little bit difficult to, to say you know well I get it but I'm also you know juggling other areas of, so so it's but yeah it, effectively it's, it's try to try to uh, help uh, fill the gaps and on, on those kind of things just information okay. to, you know to make it globally more usable. All right, so four dot one. Um, yeah. From I mean we we talked to Mo about four dot and then we you know got a lot of good information on here from that. So if you want to know more about the four release, go back an episode and listen to Mo. But in general, I guess, Gabe, is there like a thing inside of the 4.1 release that you were kind of, you know, most excited about getting into the release? Was there like the one, what's the one? Uh, yes, 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 yes. So so for me personally, uh, I, I am most excited that uh, mobility optimized networking. Um, so this feature, we, we built it out. Um, so so we built it out uh, f for a for a global release initially, and um, just due to some internal things, it it, it never happened, right? So, uh, as you guys know, we 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 ended up having it only partially available um, in in one platform. So that was in VMware Cloud and AWS. So they they had access to the feature, which is great. You know, we we got some um, you know so some early use there, and 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 we got to advance it, but. Having it generally available for everyone is is it's fantastic. I'm actually a huge fan of of um of the technology itself, like what it does and how it advances, uh, how it builds on network extension. Because I know ne network extension ha has a good story to go with it. It, it makes it makes some comp complex technology very accessible to just admins. But mobility optimized networking uh, helps address some of the weaknesses and and some of the areas of exposure that come from using um, just the traditional point-to-point -point network extension and then really excited that everybody has uh, yeah. uh, an opportunity to use that the feature i can see that like especially as it goes to you know support from a multi-cloud perspective like to your point uh, there's a lot of people yeah. moving or uh, doing mass migrations of, of workloads you know and obviously for those who maybe don't know what mobility optimized networking is obviously having the ability to you know eliminate hairpinning tromboning of traffic right so when you have large complex um you know workloads that traverse multiple vlans how do you basically ensure <laughs> that you're not always yeah. coming back to the default gateway that could possibly be on-prem so <clears throat> you know in a lot of cases like this is huge i've used it um 
uh, you know, in the first iteration, <laughs> we called it proximity routing. And then obviously, you know, I, I was looking forward to this. I'm like you, I, I wish this was available <laughs> like yeah. a year ago, <laughs> like one of those pieces, but I'm super excited, um, you know, that, that everybody gets to use and, and, uh, and leverage this technology, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe you two could talk a little bit about why people are looking forward to this and what's the functionality that they're really requiring and asking for from the mobility optimized networking function yeah sure so so i think it you know um whenever whenever you know your your customer is, is dealing with with the evacuating um their networks or their segments from from a data center you know to, to whatever cloud they're they're adopting um so on on one hand, you know, you 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 provide the features and capabilities to make it happen, but then then you know beyond that, they're they're planning uh, their moves and 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 they they have to work uh, within the constraints of the the functionality as it exists, right? So uh, be, before mobility optimized networking, you have you know you have this these these features from ACX that allow you to make these networks you know available um, in their cloud. So so they're getting something that's easy to use. And then, you know, they, so, so kind of like um, whenever they're planning their, their migrations, they, they bucket their VMs, you know, in, in a way that um, that makes sense to them, like, like top talkers and, and VMs that, that are, that are going to move together. Um, you know, so, so I guess what they're asking us is, is, is uh, when you're doing that, you know, you, the way you plan for, for a migration before this feature, is you have to you you really have to think of it in, in the in the context of of a single network, right? But we know as we know like the in reality the structure of, of networks on prem is, is it can be different. You know you can have you can have these multi segment applications and that's pretty typical to have. Uh, as an example, you have like a, like let's say you have a web tier, uh, and that web tier is talking to uh, an application or or database tier on prem, right? So that's the way it exists. We don't, as ACX we don't want to disrupt. And change the way their uh, the, the networking is is uh, architect. So, so whenever they extend to, to their cloud, um, having mobility optimized networking uh, takes away the worry of, of needing to uh, to get really overly complex with the timing of the migration, right? So, so be, and in the past you say, okay, well, I have a web server and and I have an and, and I have a a an application or database tier that it talks to like in a significant manner. So I have to time, you know, like if I if I migrate them together, uh, you're exposing both of those workloads to the tromboning path. So that that's kind of the problem, right? So that's the problem that comes to exist without the feature. Um, when when you don't have the feature available, then then you have to you have to think about the the timing of that migration. Like, all right, well, I'm gonna migrate, let's say, the web tier or or or, or the other tier, and leave them separate until the very end of the whole thing, where I can. Uh, when when I can migrate the, the the routing function for those segments, so you get into this kind of compl complicated planning, um, you know, way of thinking, um, because you know you you start thinking you start designing migrations within the context of of the limits of the features, right? So so the mobility optimized networking takes that away. Yeah, pretty much the I can if I can sum summarize what it does is it 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 localizes migration traffic as as it lands in the cloud. So so that that's if effectively what it does is as you migrate workloads into your cloud, your traffic uh, within your, you know, your your clouds are uh, in, in the ACX context, your clouds are, are you know, NSX powered. So they, there's 
segments on the cloud side and, and there's there's a software-based networking there. So as you migrate workloads and land them, um, it's allowing those technologies to work kind of at their fullest to, for things to be optimal as they land and and not and remove the element where the where the user has to plan this this thing out like in a very complicated way. So so now back to the original scenario I was explaining is that you have this web tier and and the and database tier and you know it's a noisy pair of of virtual machines. Migrate them together. You know, create your plan, create your your uh, your configuration, uh, design your migration with the application in mind without thinking of those weird timing things. Because now, now, as soon as you move them, we make sure that the traffic stays right there within your cloud. So that, that's its primary uh, use case for it, you know? And obviously that there's there's a secondary benefits um, and tertiary benefits, I guess, <laughs> with feature, right? Like a sec secondarily, that these, these uh, like if you, if you have migrations that are crossing geographical boundaries, um, in the case of ACX, so you can say, well, you know, I don't want the traffic to come all the way back to my, my original site to, to route to wherever. Uh, you can say, hey, well, let's 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 create a policy so that as soon as I migrate migrate my workload, it can reach the internet, you know, egress locally to to reach the internet, or it can reach, you know, the let's say uh, the cloud provider storage endpoints natively without going all the way back. So, solving for those kind of things and making them e easier. So that that was the that's what that what was being asked for us is like, hey, let's let's just let us think about migration. And the applications, and and not have to design for complicated timing scenarios. So and it, and hopefully that answers the yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of a, a almost a I don't want to say overly simple, but it's 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 not a you know like rocket science type of a, a change in this thing, right? We're just it's just injecting a route into the 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 destination NSX you know statement for for that particular workload, right? It it is it is it is so at the core for its core functionality that that's what happens so it's making the the workloads uh, immediate cloud router uh, aware of that it's there and how it can reach other segments right there in the cloud so that's that's primarily what it does now, now there is some advanced options and and ways you can handle traffic that are that are more nuanced but um yeah generally I think it's not rocket science yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's not rocket science. It's just routing, which can be rocket it, science, but you know. <laughs> All right. I um I wanted to see. Uh, there's another piece that I I I found interesting only because I'd done some very early migrations, and one of the big pieces was you know the C checkpoint for bulk migrations, and the idea of the cleanup hole. Like, just walk us through that because for me, we used to use it a lot of times, and when we had field migrations, like I mean, there was a process for cleaning up and, and stuff like that. So um, I think it's a pretty, I think, you know, outside of mobility optimized networking, this is a very yeah. big release for a lot of people doing a lot of migrations out there. So maybe you walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So so, so the, the idea with the C checkpoint is, is you know, I just kind of doing an analysis on how how over the years our, our ACX users have used our, our, you know, our product. It's, you know, like the replication-based bulk migration is, by far at the top of the list. This is, uh, uh, like I say, it's the workforce for ACX. So, so the bulk migration, um, uh, that, that method of migrating, that, that, that um, migration type is, is for, from the whole set, it's not the fastest. I mean, actually, like, you could maybe say that it's, it's like the slowest for a single VM. So it's a replication. It, it's, it's, uh, it's not, a, it's not a, a mechanism that saturates uh, uh, the resources available, right? So it, it, it works slowly, but, but it's resilient. So it, so it has, it, one of its characteristics is that, is that, you know, the the environmental stuff can change, 
and the operation is is it can take the punches. So, so it'll it may slow down to it might grind to a halt, and then resume once you know once environmental stuff is is. So that's kind of a, like a, fundamentally it's it's more resilient, right? So but then, then it has this this aspect of it where where um, once once you have like let's say you have you do have an, an operational failure happen uh, with your migration and they happen you know sometimes sometimes the the destination data stores you know were not planned accordingly or something changed and then they, they became like the ones that, that that were that were selected for the migration became full and like hey, the whole thing is 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 in risk or 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 simply something happened with the software and the operation is like no longer uh, didn't didn't work doesn't work or didn't work or failed just for x reason so the 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 previous thinking was hey if it if it fails if if we have a, um, an operational failure with the migration, we we want to make sure that that we don't pollute um, the infrastructure, right? So, so we don't want to leave large amounts of information. Uh, so so we do a, a a we we go from failure to, into cleaning up data. So that that has been the the behavior before. We're now now guys kind of fast forward. Now we're thinking you know, hey, you can actually make a really solid case for for not. Not necessarily cleaning up, but but also making making what's there available for consumption, and it makes total sense, especially in the context of a, of a bulk migration where uh, you may spend you know uh, several days building up terabytes of of disk data in the cloud, um, and then you know you have a hiccup, or maybe you have someone else come in and cancel the thing. You know, it, you you know you don't know, but if that happens, you have potentially lost days of data in progress for a migration, and and this this feature solves that by by giving you an option to to fail differently, right? So now not now on failure, instead of forcing the cleanup, we we kind of leave the breadcrumbs and 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 give give a point of of like a, a continuation for the for the operation. Um, so it's kind of exciting to to be able to do that, to like to, to not straight up lose the progress and and the, so that's that's effectively what it is. It, it's it's a way for a migration to resume um, at a point in time uh, based on these breadcrumbs and so so yeah. yep. I think to your I think to your point I think that the one of the biggest pieces as we look through bulk migration I mean given the fact that like other other tooling like to your point like uh, replication assistive emotion they it wasn't really around for everybody so bulk migration you know to, was the reliable how do I move things how do I create my wave plans or you know all these other yeah. pieces together um, one of the things that I noticed um, as we were doing this was that you know even though we would <laughs> call it uh, uh, like if if they basically set up you know a migration and you know the size was too big and then one failed and then they lost like half of it or yeah. had to go do a cleanup and then start it over again um all these things now it seems like you know this is a much better uh more seamless pass it's like okay it failed but we didn't lose all the seed information so we'll just you know continue with the wave plan as we, we go through so different ways of design around resiliency around how we're doing our migration so this is huge yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, so that that was an awesome feature to get in there, in my opinion. So cool beans. Yeah, yeah, very cool. I, I actually, one one more thing worth mentioning, and, and I think the the biggest impact of this feature is is to our customers who are big planners. Like, like you, you listen, you you've laid out your migration plans way in advance, and we we we've seen that before. And you have one of these things, it has a, like a real nasty cascading effect on plans. You know, I mean, that's for sure you can you can restart the migration, but man, 
if if you have to go and and change yeah. all of the paperwork that you've worked like really hard on, it's 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 uh yeah. Because they use the scheduling. <laughs> to your point, they when my customers use the scheduling and they had their cutover window, and all they wanted to do was during that cutover window was watch it, <laughs> you know, fail over. And if it fails, then they're like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you gotta, you, <laughs> so gotta have yeah. new days, and then, and then everything that you had planned before, like that's gotta move, you know. So yeah, it's. It could be. It could have been pretty, pretty drastic. So this is this is exciting so, to have. Would this would this help in a scenario where there's a network outage in the middle of some of the syncing of the stuff, and the customer has to like wait a while for it to be fixed and then come back? So, so the the I think it, it depends on the on the nature of the of the outage. So, so okay. I think if 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 the network of the outage. Uh, Bulk migration could potentially recover from that, but but if it doesn't, in the in the in the operation failed, I'll give you an example. If if the if the configure, I mean, if the migration is in a phase where we're interacting with the management components, like where we're talking to VC and configurations and stuff, mm-hmm. or or we're switching over and we have an outage and the thing fails, it definitely helps in that case. So right. so that's we we can recover from that and 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 resume. So yes, yeah. all right. <laughs> so I, I had I had a customer who they were doing them. Bunch of 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 RAV uh, replication assisted vMotion migrations, yep. and in the middle of it, it in one of their bulk waves, they had they lost like a core switch stack between sites, and yeah, it, it blew up their 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 completion percentage. It would it would have been much Ooh. higher in the completion percentage because they had to restart this whole batch. But yeah, yeah, and and then you know just to, to make the distinction, so 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 we released this seed uh, checkpoint for specifically for bulk migration um, now, yeah. uh, and then but it, but it's it's potentially you know, it can be added for rap migration, so we're already targeting okay. uh, to to add it there. Um, yeah, and yeah, definitely, I think it can it can save a lot of disastrous scenarios okay. uh, by having. So I, I I think we might have hit the predictive estimation thing with with Mo, but. The so I see the predictive estimation for bulk migration is still in the draft state. So this is not necessarily termed as a you know feature release in this edition of HTX, or is it getting closer? Is that kind of what we're talking about here? It it is it is. So 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 what we, what we released in in four O was you know the the uh, the real time estimates. So the, what that means is, is as as the migration is going, uh, you know we look at um. Like like the, like for instance the duration of doing checksums and some things like that to to determine hey okay. we 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 believe with some accuracy it should take this long to to, to migrate so this is real time feedback right that's what we had in four o um, in four one what we've added is is the migration predictions so so this is uh, a little bit different so, so this is based on on learned data so so we have a model inside of ACX where we're we're taking in we're ingesting um, migration. Uh, uh, data points like several you know like not just like just a handful of things and, and the way we um kind of like the the, the the environmental um aspects of, of the migration plus the you know our our reaction to it by 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 way of like check some duration for, for the case of bulk migration and based on that we we give we we try to uh predict how long it will take to migrate a workload before it's even on the wire so so it, it is uh, a little bit different okay. so now we have before you kick off a migration, you can you can go set up you know a bucket of them and 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 click this feature and, and it'll it'll run the model and and, and spit out some some uh, some estimate of of how long it could potentially take. Yeah, and yeah, so this is a kind of a, a progression of of the feature and and we we have some more things and and, and you know kind of 
down the pipeline for in the same area of technologies. And I know we, you know, we 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 are looking forward to showing kind of the similar real time and predictive uh, numbers for like a Vmotion and and Rav as well. So that's kind of plan stuff. Nice. Yeah. Don't yes. Don't, don't want to get into that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a phase one, uh, and yeah. a lot of folks are looking. I mean, a lot of a lot of folks have asked me, "Hey, is there a way to get an estimate of how long?" It's going to take to move my VMs. I know this is like a phase one approach, so I'm really looking forward to in the future as we enhance that predictive model, um, whether we can give clients more information that they can use in that planning. Because I think with the combination of the mobility optimized networking, being able to really control the traffic flow of the VMs, whether they're on uh, been moved to the cloud or um, stay on-prem and the recovery from the seed checkpoint uh, combined with the predictive estimation of how long it takes to move the VM. Those are all tools and pieces of information that our customers are looking for to plan their migrations, whether it's moving from one data center to another via uh, a dedicated line or in our cloud migration scenarios, some folks may not want to invest in a private line. They just want to move their data centers to wherever they want and they don't want to take the time to put in a dedicated line. They need this type of information and this type of functionality to move that workload over and be successful. So I'm really looking forward to in the future as, as our team builds out more functionality on that predictive side, because I think that's going to be very valuable to customers. It will definitely, I think, light up their eyes when they see that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so the, the next piece, uh, support for OSM migration. So OS-assisted migration, I'm, I'm a big fan of this because I have a customer that's using it at a very large scale. Um, to get out of Hyper-V and into vSphere. Um, so, you know, is it anything beyond just the addition of some additional operating systems, Gabe? Or that's that's all it is for this round. So that for for this this time around, it's it's a uh, it's real seven seven nine CentOS seven nine, and um, you know, yeah, we're we're looking at just some other incremental OSs for for the releases that follow. But that, that's that's what it is for this point in time. Uh, Rav support for vCloud Director. So this is. Uh, a new thing as well for 4.1. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So, so, so. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, Cloud Director. I, I, I don't want to get too much into it. Maybe in this session because we, we are, we're doing an official kind of large scale um, launch for, for V Cloud Director with, with, um, with NSXT, um, in, in the next minor release. So, so like now, now. So this is like just features. So, so, so this is kind of a, a way to unblock some of the current, um, so, so actually we have, we have a limited set of partners that, that are able to use ACX with, uh, with vCloud director with, with an NSXV, um, in, in, in those, in those, in that context, you know, we kind of unblock this feature. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, but this, this is a good thing to talk about later on whenever we release, uh, generally speaking for all users for NSX, um, NSXT based. See, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't really often interact with the VCPP side of the world, so I guess I didn't even realize that they didn't have RAV support. So for for VCloud yeah. Director, right? No, yeah, they they um they they 
don't. They don't. So this is, we, we're adding. We're, we're, so they, they've had limited access to, to, to ACX uh, enterprise-based stuff. And the, the, the problem is that, you know, we, there's a whole other level of, of, of um, you know, of, of operational management when you have a VCD there. And so, so like the API, API costs, they don't carry over, of course. They have, you, have, you have to like specifically develop stuff to work yeah. in that in that VCD context. So uh, like I said, we, 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 have a, we have a larger effort to, to support uh, those multi-tenant environments with NSXT and with, with enterprise and all that stuff. So this, 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 this one is a minor mention here, but it's a building block towards, towards that. Okay. So yeah. the last one I want to mention, and then you guys, Francis Kofi, you can jump in with anything else here, but the RAV migration of VMDK is larger than two terabytes into vSAN. So like I actually had one customer who was asking specifically about some of these things and the, the the response i generally gave based on feedback i got from you gabe was when it comes to migrating large vms we we tend to follow like the vsphere maximum in terms of you know individual disk size and yeah. and you know so is this starting to then go beyond so, that or is this still true where we're kind of just following what the vsphere maximum is per vmdk so, so the 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 vsphere maximum uh, for for a vSAN BMDK is is a lot higher than two terabytes actually. Okay. So 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 in 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 this particular instance, um, there was a limitation with with the uh, within within the technology that we were using for this kind of migration. Um, so it, it was specific specific to RAV. So it, so only RAV migrations to to a vSAN data store had this this limit. Right? So so now that this is fixed, um, uh, I, I believe what we have. Uh, what we stand by today is a 30 terabytes um, for vMotion and RAV. Yeah, if it's some, if there's one, something like that, it's like there's one that's like 62 terabytes or 61 or something. It, it, yeah, and, and those those things. Yeah, yeah. I, I think these these, uh, these maximums are just based on you know like the like uh, being able to 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 test these operations at the, with like gigantic VMs, you know. So yeah. Um, well, I like the one. Yeah. That, yeah so, so the scenario I had too was where, where it was coming from Hyper V going into vSphere via HGX and the. The Hyper-V maximum just happens to be like, you know, point terabyte larger than the vSphere maximum. Yeah. And so it's like, of course, it's not entirely compatible because of yeah. the way Hyper-V works, but it's like... Yeah, so so this, this one was an ACX limited that we've taken yeah. away. So now it's now no vSphere limits should apply like across the board. Okay. Francis, Kofi, right. anything before we bring this home here? No, I didn't have anything. I thought this was an awesome session. Really good to uh, uh, to go through a few things. Obviously, some I would call it big gains in a minor release, right? So, uh, yeah. well done. Looking forward to seeing what's yeah. in the, the next one. Are you, will it be uh, four dot two, or are you going to uh, major? It will release? be. There will be a four four dot two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We should see that. Yeah, I think the the incremental changes that we've made in four one is a really good example of how we continue to make HCX better based on customer requests, ask, and the way they use the product. And so when we were in the bootcamp, I think it was one of those things that I mentioned, I said, look, this, this product is very actively being developed that means that you're going to see increased functionality, increased robustness, and we are going to continue to invest in 
the HCX portfolio. So you're going to see it get better. And I think that this release definitely demonstrates the work that we're putting into HCX based on everything that uh, the product has been going through. And I think the last thing I would mention is we've increased the service mesh and appliance maximums with this version of HCX. So the, and uh, one of the reminders that I told the folks in the partner bootcamp is when you're working with something like HCX and for me in the VMC space, make sure that you don't treat it as a one and done kind of environment. I know on the data center side, oftentimes an organization may take a version of software, certify it, say you're good, and stay on that platform for likely a year, uh, except for critical releases. With HCX and with the cloud, we are iterating very rapidly on these platforms. Now, yes, that does bring a certain amount of maintenance and change, but it also gives you incremental functionality and more resiliency overall. So I tell the partners, revisit with your customers. And customers, you need to revisit your architecture and the product at least every six months, if not quarterly, right. to make sure that you're getting the most out of what you've paid for or the subscription that you have, because it may materially impact how you've architected um, your deployment. But great job. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Gabe, anything else you want to add here? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, one one more thing. Actually, it's in, it's at the center of my mind. So, four uh, uh, one first uh, minor release for for ACX four. Uh, so at this point. If if you were a, a customer that that adopted ACX 4.0, uh, you know you saw this in service um, in service upgrades for network extension. Just we we're really excited to launch that. You know, it, it kind of it, it severely reduces the um, the operational impact to to upgrade uh, your extension appliances, so your network extension. So so now now if if you have not taken on maintenance releases and you're going from 4.0 uh, to 4.1, use that feature. <laughs> it's a good opportunity to use to use a uh, the in-service mode for for um for network extension, so that's that's exciting. So, and then also for the for the migration estimates, if if you so so the the migration estimates we already talked about them. They they take some machine learning. Uh, the the model has to be built for you to see something. If you've been using ACX four, uh, we we're already collecting what's needed to, to present information. So you know, it really like like Francis is saying, uh, we're iterating on this stuff. And and if you if you're if you're adopting it when it comes, you know you. It potentially benefits even even the subsequent releases. So, um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, thank you. Well, well, Gabe, I know you are extraordinarily busy because it's always hard to get time in your calendar. So I, I thank you for joining us and thanks for the support. Um, yeah. You, from you and then the team. Um, I mean, you guys were working really, really hard on this stuff all the time. And we in the field really appreciate that. And especially your you know, openness and ability to jump on and help when required. Um, you know, and, and th awesome. thanks for your support of the HCX majors as well. Yeah, man, my pleasure. My pleasure. Love the team. Kofi, good to talk to you. Francis, good to see you again too as well. Um, thanks. Thanks for joining. And uh, we will be back at you again, hopefully soon. And we'll, we'll try to talk, um, you know, more uh, strategy and other things with HCX as we, we roll through this in between updates here. So 
Appreciate it. Thanks. And uh, everybody have a good coming 4th of July holiday. And uh, we'll talk at you again another time. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the HCX Majors podcast. Thanks to Francis, Kofi, and Gabe for joining us today. If you're enjoying the show, please rate us on your podcast app of choice and please share it so others can find us. For more information on HCX, check out Gabe's blog at hcx.design. Thanks again, and thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again next time. Real simple, any device, any application, any cloud, intrinsic security.